Hey guys, welcome back to the uh, Six Side Cultural Podcast. Today I'm going to be joined by Enzo and Francesco. We're going to go over through uh, the games of the week and uh, this weekend and maybe some transfer news as well. So let's get into the uh, podcast. What's up, guys? Hey guys. What's up, Danny? All right, guys. Uh, obviously, uh, I'm not in the best of moods after this weekend. Uh, some positives to take from the Roma game, but uh, a big negative, obviously, didn't come right away at the result. But we'll talk about that later. Um, quickly, we're going to brush over some of the transfer news that uh, took place from the last podcast to now. Um, so I'm just going to read a couple of uh, things that are going through, and then uh, that's about it. We don't really have to go over it unless you want to jump in and say something. Um, so Kalinic is giving his okay to Roma. I'm not a fan of that, but whatever. Uh, Biragi to Inter. Dalbert to Fiorentina. Uh, Sassuolo wants Defero. Uh, Sampdoria is interested in Simeone from uh, Fiorentina. Sanchez is close to Inter, which we've been saying for a week, but now it looks like uh, it's about to get finalized. And uh, Lorente is close to signing for Napoli. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's a uh, transfer news uh, that's been going on since uh, the last podcast. Now we're going to start with this weekend's first match, Juventus Parma. Um, you know, I'll just start real quick because um, during the game, I actually took some notes so I can remember what went on. So, uh, basically, um, at the beginning of the match, it looked like Parma had a few chances, but nothing really significant. Uh, Ronaldo missed three solid chances to, to get the lead. I think it was a header and a pass from Higuain in front of the net. And one of them, I can't really remember. I think it was the offside goal he yeah, scored. Yeah, it was offside. Which yeah. is later on. Uh, Chiellini's goal was like a deflected goal, but uh, Bonucci, back heel. I don't think he even saw Chiellini there, but Francesco has a different opinion on that. But uh, it was a really weird goal. Um Chesney had a really bad suicide pass to Kadida, which led to a Padma chance that uh, could have uh, tied it up, but uh, they skied the cross. And in the second half was a uh, pretty uh, fast-paced, I guess you can say, but uh, a good amount of chances. Um, around the last 20 minutes, Padma played really well. They pushed Juventus. They created opportunities. And then around the last, I think it was like the 90th minute, um, I forgot his name, but something, a junior, had a free kick from far out and... Uh, it looked like it was going in, but it was just wide. But uh, that was a good chance for Padma to tie it up. Uh, Padma, they played a really good game, in my opinion. They played well. Uh, Juventus, they looked a little disgruntled, a little bit off. Um, they missed a lot of chances. Higuain was much better than I expected, to be honest. Uh, Sandro, um, I know Joe, we have a chat, and uh, Joe said he was impressed. I wasn't. Uh, I don't know that Sandro played. The second half, he was a little bit better, but first half, I really didn't like how he played. Padma, they moved the ball well. They pressed well. Trevino, um, he could have probably got an assist if he knew how to pass a little bit better. He blew a chance there in the first 20 minutes. But uh, it was overall an entertaining game for the opening of Serie A. Uh, the captain, Chiellini, gets the first goal of the Serie A season. And uh, we'll to Francesco to go off on Juventus. All right. So um, when I was watching the game, at the start of the game, obviously I'm used to the last season and uh, past seasons of us just passing around the back line and getting the early goal and then sitting back and defending. So uh, it was very entertaining uh, as a Juventus fan to watch uh, us high-press the ball, have Pjanic in the role that Jorginho plays uh, under Sadi. And uh, I think Pjanic was a very outstanding player in that game. And oh, uh, so uh, Dybala obviously didn't play, which was a shocker to most. The starting lineup was uh, everyone was going nuts over Twitter over, including me. Uh, me understanding why Higuain was in the lineup and why Matuidi was in the lineup and not Rabiot was a shock. 
And uh, I was like, oh, no, what, why is this happening? But it, it turned out to be good in the end. Higuain uh, surprised me the most. I think he played extremely well. And uh, hopefully, if he keeps up, up the season, uh, maybe he'll stay at the team. Uh, Ronaldo was a disappointing player for me. He uh, played for himself and not the team. I feel like he had that header, which was he should have scored. It was a great pass by Kadira. But then uh, he got he got his ego got too big and he knew he fucked up. So then he got a chance, a beautiful pass by Higuain in front of the net, and he missed that one too. And then after that, Ronaldo just said, "Okay, I'm just gonna score my goal." And then he did score, to be fair, but it was offside. And then after that, Ronaldo just didn't pass the ball. There was a chance where he could have passed to Costa, where he was like in front of him, but instead he like turned and shot the ball, and. He missed. It, it was a nice shot, to be fair, but he did miss. And I feel like Ronaldo needs to like wake up there to to learn how to pass the ball now because his ego is getting too big for the team, and it's a problem. Because uh, I was watching it on uh, the zone, and the com- I don't know how true this is, but the commentators were saying Ronaldo is the only guy on the team who has like full like say on like where he wants to play. So like if he's on the left wing and he wants to play central, he's gonna play that striker role or, like with no care, like he has no discipline. I think Sadi really needs to like have a, have a word with him because that that's the problem I'm seeing right now. Because one thing I hate, like everyone knows that, but one thing I I do like respect about him, I he kept Ronaldo in line, and now that he's gone, like I I think we're all, all Juventus fans are seeing like Ronaldo like taking over and controlling the team, and I I think that's going to be a huge problem. And Sadi really needs to fix that early on before like the season like starts and whatever. Uh, defensively, Sandro and and uh, Decilio need to learn that they're left back and right back, not left they wing. They were and, terrible. Not left wing and right wing. I I saw Decilio by the corner flag and Sandro by the corner flag, and then which is fine if they want to overlap, let them overlap. But they need to know they they have to come back. They have to read the game. If they're not coming back, um, Parma, even Kadira was at the corner flag as well. Yeah, Kadira was making runs on the wing, which I don't understand. Uh, and um, the problem was Gervinho had so much space on, on that, that flank that that he could just run and cross the ball or run in because he's a very fast player, run in, sprint through and just sweat the ball through across the net or even like just turn and shoot because there's only Chiellini and Bonucci back there. Uh, and like that, those two flanks are wide. Um, that, see, considering we sold Spinazzola and can sell best fullbacks, so now uh, Sandro and Dishilio need to wake up, or even Danilo. Like maybe like he gets a start and he needs to improve as a player to get to the starting role. But other than that, we played good. Uh, Chesney just had a blunder. He needs to like, I guess not have more IQ, but like start of the season, first game, like first like professional game. So uh, as time goes on, like the team will get better, which is good. Of course, uh, Maurizio Sarri wasn't there. But one thing I liked is uh, he was on the he was on the phone with uh, his team, letting them know like what to do and stuff. So it was like he was there, but he wasn't. Um, the assistant coach uh, was pretty good. I had no problems with him. Uh, he he uh, was very professional, standing on the sidelines, uh, telling the team what to do. So I uh, I like that aspect, knowing that like if Marito ever gets sick again. Or something comes up like that, we're in good hands with him. Um, just we need to score more goals, uh, finish our chances, especially for the big game coming up this week. 
But all in all, it was a good game, decent game, one nothing. That's classic Juventus result. But hopefully, uh, the next game against Napoli and future games, we score more past our opponents, keep the clean sheet as well. Yeah, I'm just add to that. Uh, Ronaldo played more like uh, Christian Ronald to me. Yeah, uh, he's selfish. Uh, all the big fans uh, like to defend him because it's Cristiano Ronaldo, but. Uh, when he doesn't play well, you got to keep him in check, which That's I think Saudi has to do a better job of, but obviously wasn't there. So uh, I'm sure in the future uh, he'll be more in check. Um, you mentioned also the commentator kept saying, uh, even I watched on uh, TLN, and the commentator kept saying as well that uh, his free roam and like he control where he is in the um, on the pitch. Um, I don't think it was like actually like, being literal. I think it's like a figure of speech saying like it's Cristiano Ronaldo. He like he could be wherever he wants to be. I guess, but um, you are right, though. They have to keep him in check and keep him in position. And Allegri did a really good job of doing that. Uh, you can say what you want about him, but he did a really good uh, job of keeping Ronaldo in check. And uh, Danny's been pretty quiet because yeah. uh, he yeah. didn't really watch the game. So he's like, he was out, he was busy. Uh, he was coaching kids, actually. So uh, he wasn't able to watch the game. But uh, Danny, you have any uh, thoughts on the game? Or is uh, just the one thing I've heard a lot of, too, is that Yubi did not look like the Yubi of old. Uh, a lot of fans weren't happy the way they were playing. Uh, they did get the one nil victory. That's all that matters in the end. It uh, doesn't matter how you play. It's just how you get the job done. And if you get the job done. Um, I feel like Juve would need to improve the way that they could against Napoli. Because if they, did, if they play the way that they did against Palmer against Napoli, I could see Juve and Napoli ending maybe with a Napoli victory. Uh, but overall, I think Juve will get better throughout the season. Maybe the first few games will be a little shaky because they all have to get used to each other, the chemistry, and to get back into playing regularly season and get the mindset off playing Serie A, Serie A C teams instead of Serie A teams. So, yeah, and also, uh, if you look at the history of Juventus, they usually don't start well. And you're, you start hearing, oh, Napoli's going to win the Scudetto. Oh, Inter's going to win the Scudetto. And then uh, eventually yeah. they make- they pull away and uh, they win the Scudetto. So uh, let's not start saying that, oh, they want to beat Padma 1-0. They're not going to win. It's not yeah, a fact that, yeah, it's not a fact yeah. of the scoreline either. It's like we bet Padma 1-0, but we had so many good chances that we could have scored. And if Ronaldo uh, was on his game, it could have been 4-5-0. If he played with Higuain 1-2s, because um, Higuain was giving him 1-2s, so he just wasn't receiving them from Ronaldo, it could have been like the score could have been so much more. So it's not a fact of like, oh, we only bet Parma one nothing. It was also the fact that like Parma were like defend- defending us very well. And uh, we were just like getting in the gist of the new tactics. So um, there's going to be games where, yeah, we only win one nothing. But when you look at the game, like we, I'm not going to say the kill, but like we were all over Parma throughout the whole game. And then we got tired maybe the last 20 minutes and then we just like let, let them attack. But nothing really came out of it. Yeah, the only worrying thing to me was uh, defensively, yeah. the Juventus looked very uh, off balance and they just looked very surprised by Parma. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's the players, I think it's the tactics because they had the same players that they've always had. Obviously, the wingbacks, well, wingers, well, not wingers, my bad, the fullbacks, the uh, and the is a weak player. He's just not a very good player. Sandro, um, I think he could get better. I don't like oh, the way sorry. he played at all. Um, Joe disagrees because he did say in our chat, like I said before, uh, he liked how Sandro played. He also said he's one of the MVPs of the game. 
I don't know, for myself, and I think Francesco agrees, uh, I wasn't impressed by Sandro at all. I wasn't either. Especially in the opening minutes of the game, maybe the first 20 minutes, 30 minutes. He was horrendous. Gave the ball away a lot. He didn't look focused. He has that thing uh, similar to Florenzi, because obviously I'm going to use him as an example, because I watch Roma a lot. Uh, Florenzi has this thing where it just switches off for like minutes at a time, which I don't understand. But only when he's at right back, he's like disengaged and doesn't really care. Not He doesn't care, but just that he just looks unfocused and um, doesn't care about the game for he periods gets, of time. He gets like he gets bored, bored from almost. the back line. Yeah. yeah. He gets bored. He wants to, I understand Sanjo, uh, he wants to play up. He wants to score goals. He wants to get, he wants to be like a Marcelo at Madrid, but he has free Roma of that left flank. But he has to understand uh, this isn't Real Madrid where they're facing. Uh, there's only two other teams in La Liga. This is uh, City. Uh, any team could surprise you. And he, especially for Champions League, he needs to be focused. And if he's going to be playing left mid, then that's another story. But if he's playing left back, he needs to stay and uh, be focused in that position. Yeah. And I think we went over events enough now. I have it over 10 minutes. Yeah. And uh, let's get Danny into this uh, conversation now. <clears throat> Fiorentina Napoli. Danny, take it off. Oh, my God. I don't even know where to begin. Um... Uh, during the game, I'm just thanking you guys for not recording uh, my reaction during the game, or else I probably would not be on this podcast right now. Uh, let's just say that. Uh, it was a really entertaining game, especially for the first game of the season. Uh, it didn't start off good for Napoli. Off, we, even, we came out of the gates flat. It seemed like we couldn't get passing going. We couldn't get enough possession. And it didn't help that there was a penalty shot called in the first, what was it, five minutes? That was questionable. Uh, they even went to VAR and they checked, and they still gave the handball on Zelinski, which a lot of people, and especially me, didn't believe it was a handball. But I, I'll give Napoli, gotta give Napoli credit. They were uh, battling all game. Mertens with a beautiful goal to begin our season. And then, secondly, and then he got the penalty shot, which, in my opinion... Uh, it wasn't a penalty shot. I think it was more of a makeup call because they felt bad for the first call, so it was kind of like a makeup call. But in my opinion, I do not believe it was a penalty shot, and I feel like that it was just a Syria or and the soccer gods saying, you know what, we felt bad for giving Napoli the first penalty. We'll give them this one too. Uh, giving Fiorentina the first penalty, my bad, and then giving Napoli this one. It was a back and forth game. Uh, we improved attackingly. We looked phenomenal. Our midfield was good, and uh, just defensively, we got wake and we got wake up. But it's going to take some time, especially the partnership between Manolas and Koulibaly. Since Koulibaly just got back and he hasn't played all preseason and stuff, and it's going to give him some time to get back into game form. Especially same goes to Allen as well. He didn't have a pretty good. He didn't have a good game, in my opinion. Um, but I just feel like it's because of he played a lot of soccer with the Copa Ita- the Copa America. Uh, he came back late into uh, the preseason, and it's just a new team. We gotta connect, especially now with Lozano and potentially Lorente coming in. Uh, we gotta find a way to fit those guys into our system quickly. But I feel like Napoli attackingly, they are they were really good, and just we gotta improve defensively. I'll give Fiorentina cre- uh, credit that they were playing. Lights out. It was a really fun team to watch. Uh, it had me at the end of my seat the whole game. And it was good for Syria because you need games like this. But as a fan of each respectable team, uh, it was kind of uh, nerve-wracking. And thank 
God that uh, Napoli came off with a big 4-3 win. And hopefully we improve defensively and our midfield steps up a little bit more against Juventus because this is probably the biggest game of the season so far. And it's going to be until maybe that next matchup against Juve or against Inter as well. Yeah, um, I didn't get to watch the game originally because I was busy. seems like we're all busy at one point during the weekend, but uh, I did watch it back. I had it recorded. Um, I really liked how Fiorentina started off because, um, obviously, uh, you guys ranked a little higher than I did in our uh, standing predictions. I put them, I believe, eighth or ninth. I think ninth. Yeah. Um, but uh, Fiorentina, they surprised me. They came out uh, quick. Uh, me and Joe did pre- uh, predict that they would come out quick, but I didn't think they maintained it for as long as they did. Um, they played very well. Uh, Napoli, obviously, uh, like you said, Danny Koulibaly not getting many uh, matches in, so his legs are kind of not ready for the quickness and to handle all the players there. Manolas, you don't really have to do much that game. Uh, so it looked a little lost, but obviously when you're joining a new team, uh, it's going to be hard to transition real quick. Um, yeah, Fiorentina looked uh, very good. Yeah. Um, someone who impressed me was uh, Bolt Tang. Uh, as soon as he came on, there was an instant impact. Uh, he yeah. scored. The energy was high. Uh, he played very well. Uh, I think he should be starting for them. Uh, yeah. Boltang did really well. And, Even um, though that guy on the right wing, I know I said, I, I at the time, I was really into the game. And what I say during the games, I don't mean it at all. I said that that guy spends more time on the ground than on his feet. Uh, but he actually had a really good game. Uh, he was causing Napoli a lot of problems. And that he was drawing a lot of fouls. Some of them weren't fouls, but some of them were. Um, so that guy, uh, I, I can't remember his name. I know he's 20 years old. It's uh, Satya. He played a really good game, yeah, and he yeah, could be yeah. a, a pretty good player to watch for Fiorentina. Yeah, I also think it's good for him to be uh, playing uh, with uh, Ribéry to learn from him. Uh, he played a very good game. I yeah. watched him back, skillful, he's quick. Yeah, he had a very good game. But um, one thing I had an issue with, which I'm sure Danny can agree with, is the officiating. Uh, it yeah, was horrendous pretty, both ways. Really bad, both yeah, ways. Um, the penalty of Napoli, um, I think it was the new rule that came under effect this season. I believe that no matter where it hits you on your arm, if it's intentional or not, it's still a penalty. Um, I guess you can claim it was a shoulder. Or, I don't know, it was a weird call. That was a little debatable, but it, they did call back the VAR. Because it did hit this at first because it was a Fiorentina guy that kicked it. So it's not like Zelensky had any time to react. It did hit his rib cage and then hit him at the bottom of the arm. So yeah. I, I don't know. In my opinion, I wouldn't give that as a penalty since it's um, off of body part and then onto your arm. For me, going off of last year, I wouldn't have given it. But with the new rule coming into effect, um, I do see why they gave it now because I looked after the game not to see why they would call that. But um, now I understand why they called it. But I still think it was a weird call. I'm yeah. not a fan of the new rule. It's stupid because obviously, like you said, Zielinski couldn't control uh, the, that the ball's in his arm. It happened really quick and uh, wasn't intentional. It didn't stop anything really big from happening. But uh, obviously, if the new rule is set, uh, it's going to count as a pen. Of the Mertens thing, uh, I was furious. Obviously, I'm not the biggest fan of Mertens. Uh, but uh, putting that aside, it was a terrible call. It was a clear dive, and they didn't check the VAR, which uh, really upset me. Um, you can't check the VAR for one side, and the other side, you completely ignore it. I think that was terrible. Uh, they should have checked the VAR. And even if you still give it okay, just a bad decision by the ref. But to not call uh, the VAR to go see what happened, uh, that's terrible. It's a little sketchy to me. But, um, yeah, overall, the game was very exciting. Lots of goals. And uh, people can't say Seti has uh, no longer – I mean, uh, they can't say Seti has a boring, boring. Very exciting game and lots of goals this weekend. 
it's been so exciting the last goal. few years, actually. Like, just for her to go by that. There's been yeah. a lot of really entertaining games in the last maybe two, three years. Yeah, very That's, true. And this weekend, it seems like uh, yeah. picked it up gets the better. pace. Yeah, it gets better every week. Yeah. I do think uh, teams are taking influence from teams like Liverpool, even Atalanta, Ajax, teams who uh, aren't scared to attack and um, those teams seem to be winning more often. So yeah. that's why I think it's uh, changing the league a little bit. Uh, Francesco, what do you think about yeah. uh, Napoli Fiorentina? Um, when I was watching Napoli Fiorentina, I think um, from an outsider standpoint, um, I, I do agree with uh, both Danny and Enzo in the fact that I don't think uh, the penalty that Fiorentina got was. Uh, all right, guys, sorry about that. Uh, something happened to Francesco. I received a phone call and then we couldn't hear him and all that. Um, but he's back now and continue where he left off. Yeah, so uh, going off the penalty, I, I believe it wasn't a penalty. But I also, at the same time, I, I could have understood why they gave the penalty after they checked the Varda and everything. Um, a lot of people know Zlatan Ibrahimovic. I think um, when he does his celebrations, he has his hands like, like an eagle in the, um, straight out. And I think uh, it's, it's a very unnatural position to have your hands out like that when you're standing still or you're running. And that's where, like, Alan, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure it was Alan who got Zulinski. the handball. That's where, like, oh, Zulinski, uh, that's where uh, his hand was. Like, it was, like, straight out. And uh, I think, yes, it was very unintentional. But when the Fiorentina player kneaded up and it hit his hand, the way the VAR saw it, the hand was in a very unnatural position to be. Like, his hand should have been, like, on his side or, like, behind his back or something, like, unintentional. Well, I wouldn't have given it, but I understand why they gave it. Uh, in terms of Mertens, that was just a clear and, like, disgusting play. He just dove over the defender and fell. And they didn't... Uh, I, I know they checked about it because there was something... They were saying that there was a silent check. So, I think the... Um, I think there there should be a rule where the the people in the stands, like in the in the stadium, it should be like uh you know the announcer that says like oh goal Mertens or whatever. There should be that guy like it should be like an audio like where the radios are in the stadium saying uh, of the conversation between the VAR refs and the um main ref on the field, so the fans know what's going on. Because when you say it's a silent check, the only people that know what's going on are the people in the VAR room. And the ref on the on the pitch. So as fans, we don't know what's going on. We don't know if the VAR refs are saying, "Come check, come check." We think it's a penalty, and the ref could just say, "No, I'm not checking. I I know it's a penalty, or like I know this isn't a penalty." So we can't really blame VAR for that. Like it could be 100% the ref's fault for not checking. And I I guess we'll never know. So I think that should be a a new rule. But I think Martens, I think Serie A should be looking into the situation. Because if this was a Juve player who 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 dove like Mertens, I, everyone would be going off on Twitter, and and I'm pretty sure the Juve player would get banned for diving. Oh. So I think the city I needs to look into this uh, for Mertens' dives because it it can't be acceptable, especially now. City yeah, first game of the season, it looks really bad on the league that that Mertens got away with the dive. Uh, Napoli as a as a team looked uh, pretty good offensively. Uh, they scored scored a lot of goals for three. But defensively, they were really shaky. Uh, yes, Fiorentina was phenomenal that game. Uh, obviously, offensively, they, they they did what people were saying that they were going to do or people they weren't going to do. Uh, Kevin Prince-Boateng was phenomenal once he came on, like Enzo was saying. Defensively, they got to work on stuff, and especially um, they sell Rihagi and get Delbert. That's going to be interesting. 
to see how uh, Delbert comes into the side now and see how he improves with the team. But defensively, uh, both teams need to work on it, especially Napoli because uh, they scored four goals, but uh, uh, a lot of Napoli fans have to realize it was against Fiorentina. Yes, they're a good side, but defensively, uh, they're not that strong. And um, I don't think it's going to happen against Juve. It's another discussion for another day. Uh, but, but it was a very entertaining game as an outsider fan, obviously. Uh, so that's all I have to say about the two teams. Yeah, so far, yeah, both uh, matches we spoke about are very entertaining. Um, obviously, the men's game wasn't high, uh, high goal scoring, but uh, it was a very entertaining game and quick-paced. Um, now let's move on to the Milan-Udinese game. Uh, who was able to watch it? Were you guys able to watch it? Uh, yeah, I watched yeah. it. And, uh, yeah, so I'll just go first quickly. Um, there's not really much to talk about during this game. Uh, obviously, everyone probably knows this by now. Milan tallied a total of zero shots on target in Zudinese, which is uh, scary to see because uh, Giampaolo is seen as more – he's a balanced coach, but he does have a very good offense. And to have zero shots on target, uh, that's terrible. Um, Piontek, he's a great player, but I don't think uh, players like him who only uh, – kind of like Icardi who um, – they live inside the box. They live or die inside the box. Um, I think you need to be able to dribble if you're a striker nowadays. The fast pace, the, the way the game's changing. And, um, yeah, Piontek, he just didn't seem aggressive. He's just standing in the box, waiting for the ball to come to him. I think that was Milan's biggest issue. Uh, defensively, Milan looked better than I thought, but they weren't very strong. Obviously, the players in Musacchio and Rodriguez, they got to go. But, um, yeah, they were better than I thought defensively. Well, by Bissau, uh, that was very nice. A big jump, a nice finish. And Udinese played very good as a team. They pressured Milan, put them in tough situations. And uh, to me, uh, people say they deserve the draw, but to me, they deserve the win. Uh, Danny? Uh, a lot of, I didn't personally watch the game, but from like the highlights and stuff, I saw that Donnarumma looked pretty good. Yeah, uh, he made some nice saves. He, he also had a blunder, too, but luckily that Udinese did not capitalize on that. Uh, these a lot of people were saying that the mid the midfield of Milan, uh, wasn't that strong. Uh, uh, when was it Sunday? They played. Um. Yeah. Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. Twelve o'clock uh, for us. On Sunday, uh, they said that the Milan midfield is just made up of Serie B players. Um, I disagree with that statement. I just think it's hard to judge a team off of one game, since it's their first game. As uh, professionals, like say in a professional game, not like a friendly or anything, um, I think Milan will become better. The only problem that I think that they'll have is defensively, because uh, for me they're not that strong defensively, and I just feel like that Milan is going to rely on the midfield and their attack and Donnarumma way too much. Uh, but maybe they'll surprise us with again fourth, maybe a fifth place finish. But as of right now, I think that Milan needs to improve as a team, and Giampaoli needs to uh, improve uh, on his tactics because they didn't look that good. But we'll see what they do this weekend coming up. Yeah, I just want to bring up quickly, uh, Francesco, before we go. Um, everyone is saying uh, Milan's going to finish ahead of us. Um, to me, it doesn't come as a surprise. Um, everyone's saying their team got a lot better. I honestly don't see it whatsoever. The team, to me, looks identical, if if not even worse. So they're a mess. Giampaolo, I think he went 12 matches straight without winning a game. He's not a very good coach. Uh, he could get better because it's the first game. But, um, yeah, Milan, their team just looks very 
weird, disoriented, and they just don't look like a group. Basically. And, um, yeah, I really don't, like, well, obviously we're going to get into Roma later on, but uh, I don't see Milan finishing higher than us, honestly, especially after watching that. That uh, confirms what I said in the last podcast, my prediction. Francesco. Okay. Yeah, Daniel. Yeah, uh, I just want to give out a fact. Milik and Piotek had the same amount of shots this weekend, and one didn't play. So, <laughs> on target, of course. Oh no! In general, I think. In general, no. Piotek had a shot, but it wasn't on target. I think Milik had a yeah. shot too at home with his uh, wife. The alcohol shot, maybe. <laughs> uh, Jessica, what do you think about the game? Yeah. Um. So, um, I actually watched this game like from the first minute to the ninetieth minute. And um, I caught myself uh, trying to stay awake during the game. It was a very, like, stale uh, Serie A match. Uh, you would think Milan with an Eze. A lot of Milan fans would say, oh, it's an easy win for Milan. Or uh, at least they would, like, attack. But uh, like the stat says, they, they didn't, uh, not even Piontek, the whole Milan team didn't have one shot on target, which is very um, disgusting as a Milan fan. I think uh, if you're a Milan fan, you're, you're embarrassed about the game. Even as a Serie A fan, to say, wow, Milan didn't have one shot on target. Um, as Serie A uh, goes on throughout the years, we know Milan's in a tough situation right now. Like, they haven't been the AC Milan, like, previous years. Uh, so, for this season, to have a start like that was very, very bad for them. Especially considering their, their controversial sacking of Reno Gattuso. I think um, it doesn't matter uh, who, like, who the manager is players you bring in it's still like a professional game uh for the midfield uh, i think for them to be criticized the way they were uh is deserved because they were horrendous that they played they played like city of the midfield i think uh what danny said about it's only their first game but that can't be the attitude especially when you're playing because milan's such um yes they're they're not good right now but they're still like a very heavily recognizable clubs, sort of like a Manchester United. You can't just go into a wonderful team like AC Milan and have a performance like that and have the attitude of, it's only my first game. Like, we will get better. You have to, especially, it's not like they faced like a Juventus or a Napoli or an Inter. It wasn't against an Udinese, a team that isn't isn't very good. To, to think that Rodrigo De Paul didn't even start. And that was their best player. Uh, and he came off the bench and instantly got an assist and made it uh, one nothing for Udinese for the win. That's how uh, good he is as a player. But at the same time, like to think that all that time DePaul wasn't on, Udinese wasn't wasn't good at all, and that Milan could have capitalized. But instead, Piontek, I think, I think the way Milan are structuring the team is around Piontek, which is the wrong way. I think it's like when you're in uh, gym soccer and there's only like one kid who's good at soccer and. It, all the other guys are just shit. They just like just give the ball to Piontek and hope like he does something. And I think that's what Milan did. They just kept feeding the ball to Piontek inside the box. And when he had three defenders around him, they're giving him the ball like he's gonna do something spectacular, like a Ronaldinho like uh, rainbow around them. But it's not gonna happen because he he needs the ball, he needs space, and he needs the shot. But that's it. Like he's not gonna dribble past defenders or anything. So for um, uh, Chalanoglu uh, was. Wasn't impressive. Uh, Castillo wasn't impressive. I think Donnarumma was their best player, and that's saying something. So I think uh, Milan need to really wake up, and by January, I actually think Giampaolo might be sacked if if this continues. I think uh, the only reason Giampaolo has the Milan job is because of uh, Fabio's uh, 
amazing uh, run last season. I think if it wasn't for Fabio last season, Giampolo would still be Sampdoria's coach. So. Yeah, um, like you mentioned, uh, I do think uh, the problem with the zero shots on target is that they just forced the ball to Piontek every time. And that gave uh, Udinese many counters because they were just headed out of the box and they won a quick yeah. break. Um, with the Paul, um, like you mentioned, he didn't start because he is close to joining Fiorentina, which I forgot to mention, by the way, beginning of the podcast. Also, uh, Joao Mario was going to Lokomotiv, uh, Moscow. Yeah. Those are the two uh, transfers I forgot to mention. And, um, yeah, now let's move on to the Roma-Genoa game. Um, I'll start off. Obviously, as a Roma fan, um, I was very excited for the game. And, obviously, for the hours after the game, I was very disappointed because of the result. But after uh, time went on, and I was thinking about the game more and more throughout the night. And I'm, I'm very happy with how the attack was. That was the best attack I've seen in maybe 10 years. Uh, it was fantastic. They played the ball, making off-ball runs, passing and moving. Under was spectacular. Uh, even if you take away his goal, it doesn't matter. He had a fantastic game. Jack was world-class. Um, well, I don't know where to start. The whole team just played really well. Um, Juan Jesus and Fazio, um, we all know the issue. I don't really have to talk about what happened. Obviously, uh, Juan Jesus cost the pen. It was very disappointing. But, um, yeah, Fazio and Juan Jesus, they're just garbage. They, they suck. They're not professional players. They're terrible. I don't want to see them play another game for my club. Uh, it was disgraceful to watch them. Um, and it was very irritating because you see the attack playing so well. And two minutes later, you see Genoa goal. It's very uh, annoying. Because um, it took away a great performance by the team offensively. And we do need to sign a central defender this week. Or else I'm not watching a Lazio game. I'm not going to waste my time with uh, Juan Jesus and uh, Fad still being reckless at the back. Colorado was sensational. Um, his free kick goal was amazing. Jacko, like I mentioned, he was world class. Uh, very comfortable on the ball. Our midfield, um, there's one thing missing. And to me, we already have it. Everyone's saying we need someone who needs to shield the defense, but uh, I think they forgot we signed Jordan Vertut. Uh, he was fantastic last season, and um, next game I think he will play. He'll be ready. And uh, Vertut is just what we need for the midfield. Cristante, um, he had a decent game, but um, I'm not really the biggest fan of him because uh, him and Pellegrini, as a Salas, don't uh, play well together. So uh, I prefer Vertut in the midfield. Uh, Mancini came on, immediately made a mistake, leading to a goal. Him, Fazio, Florenzi, uh, big a miscommunication there at the back. So, um, yeah, it was a, kind of a mess of the game defensively. Well, not kind of, it was. But offensively and in the midfield, we had a great game. And, uh, yeah, Francesco, Danny, what do you guys think? Uh, I'll go. Um, when I was watching the Roma game, obviously, uh, I was at work during the game. So I didn't know what was happening. But when I went home, I, I watched uh, the game just to see like how Roma played. Because uh, like in our chat, Enzo was saying this is the best uh, uh, game I've seen Roma play in my life. So I was intrigued to watch it. And uh, I do agree with Enzo. Watching Roma from last season to this season, the way they attacked the ball was uh, very um, pleasing as an outsider. It is very entertaining. Under was just uh, dancing around the defense of Genoa. Uh, I think uh, we, we missed uh, Changi's last season. And I think this is like he's going to really prove himself this year. Uh, Jekyll was just great. Uh, obviously, he had rumors of going to Inter and uh, almost leaving Roma, but he's penned a new deal. And now a lot of Roma fans are realizing that, like, who needs the hard deal when we have Jekyll? Like, he, like he's our player. He, he's us. Um, I think um, defensively, like Enzo was saying, I think Petraki, a lot of Roma fans like Petraki, but I think uh, he, he messed up this Mercato. I think he, 
one, one position they really needed was a, a center back, especially when you sell uh, Kostas Manolas. I think you need to replace him with a, with a, a great center back. And I think Elder Vyold would have been a, a really, really good replacement, but that just never materialized that deal. But I think Roma do need a center back. I, I don't think they're going to get one. I think their Mercato's over. But um, hopefully in January they get a center back and you'll see that Roma will be challenging for a top three if they do get it. But without that center back, they're just going to repeat with last season, fourth, fifth place. Uh, Genoa was great. Pinamante, fantastic goal by him. Uh, Kwame, I don't agree with what he did. Uh, obviously, scored a late equalizer to make it 3-3 and cel- was celebrating like he won the match. I think um, as players, as professionals, yes, it doesn't matter. I think they have to have the mindset of it. It doesn't matter. Like Genoa could be facing Juventus or, or uh, Real Madrid, Barcelona. If you draw a team that you're, you you expect is a bigger team than you, and if uh, just one point is like a big like it's a win for you guys, I think that shouldn't be the mentality of being in the city. Yeah, then uh, I think if if you draw a game, you should like just pick up the ball and run to the um, center field ju- just to get the game going on, so you can get the winner. Uh, I, I think uh, it doesn't matter what team you are; you shouldn't be celebrating a draw against any team. So I think uh, what Kwame celebration was. Uh, Disgraceful for uh, for the team. It doesn't matter if he, if he was playing for Lecce and you guys tied Roma. I think you should never celebrate the draw. But other than that, I think Roma just need a, a build up defensively from Fazio and uh, Juan Jesus, oh, and uh, Genoa looked good off- offensively. Yeah, uh, Dan. Uh, let me just first say uh, I give a lot of credit to the way Udinese played uh, Milan, uh, but also. I give a lot of credit to the way Genoa stuck it to uh, like stuck in it with uh, Roma. It was what was that? One point two one Roma, right? Yeah, it was like one uh, one nothing, one one two uh, two one, two, one and, two, uh, two two. two. Yeah, yeah, it was like that. Uh, I like the way it was actually a really f- fun match to watch as a neutral. Uh, I know that uh, Genoa is not the best team in Syria, and. Going into the Stadio Olimpico, which is a really big thing for a team, and getting a point, I think, is really huge for them. Uh, again, I think I, I would like to say that Roma's attack was honestly phenomenal to watch. The midfield, I think it was good, but could be a little bit better. But the way they played, uh, I, I approved the way they played, but I think it could be a little bit better. And... You said best that defensively they looked they were weak. Uh, I feel like that's their weak part, and I always thought that Roma's defense was always their weak part. Yeah, 100%. but uh, but I gotta give Genoa credit. Uh, Pinamonti, he's gonna be a really fun player to watch. Uh, great talent, great product to have, and a great player to have on your team as well. Uh, Genoa defensively they didn't look that strong either. Uh, Radu made some nice saves as well. And Kiyome, he got that goal. He celebrated like uh, they won the World Cup. Uh, for me, I, I don't really mind the celebrations because I know it's a smaller side. Uh, and it's always big when you go to go on the road, especially at like an iconic stadium like the uh, Stadio Olimpico, uh, Juve Stadium, Napoli, the San Siro. Um just, I would say maybe tone it down a little bit, because it's all it's not, again it's not a win, and I think the mentality that teams have like smaller teams, 
any time they can get a draw is always good for them because it's kind of like a win and it helps them a lot because a draw, a point really helps the team um, unless they're competing for like the title, Champions League, Europa League. But like a team like Genoa who may not have that talent to become in Europe, uh, but that would like to finish not in the relegation, so maybe top 10 or so. Uh, it was a really fun match to watch and I think that Roma needs to improve defensively if they want to beat Lazio because Lazio also, pardon me, had a big week this week as well. Yeah, um, like I mentioned, I really enjoyed how we played and we moved the ball brilliantly. Uh, Fonseca, I can see the huge, huge difference between the past years. Um, we kind of remind me of Sadio when he first joined Napoli. Uh, the way we're playing is fantastic. And um, I do disagree, though, Francesco, when you mentioned uh, you don't think we're going to center back. I do think we're closing for a center back by Friday. I'm confident we're going to make one arrive because uh, I highly doubt Petraki is going to let this defense play out until January. It'll be a disaster. Um, I'm not sure who it'll be, but uh, I'm pretty sure we'll make one. We'll sign one. And um, I think Mertz said team could be given a chance eventually. Um, he seems like the way he's built, uh, he reminds me of Manuas a bit. Uh, when he first came in, nobody's really aware of him. He came from Olympiacos. And um, Martina, uh, uh, what's his name again? Mertzettin. Uh, I keep forgetting his name. I keep getting him confused with uh, Un- uh. Called Munder. <laughs> but, um, yeah, um, I saw him training. And he's doing very well. Uh, he's fit. Um, he, I like his interview and he said, uh, you know, learn really quick that I'm a warrior on the field. And, yeah, he reminds me a little bit of Manolas when he first came. So I'm excited to see him. And, um, yeah, I'm excited for the Lazio game. I'm very confident if we can fix the defense in time, uh, we can get the win. But, um, yeah, now I think we'll just go over some of the weekend's games that we can speak about quickly, yeah. just the results. Um, so we'll start here with uh, well, Cagliari Brescia. Um, Brescia won one nothing away from home. For penalty goal from uh, Alfredo Donnarumma. My boy. <laughs> yeah, very good for him. Obviously, he scored 25 goals in the Serie B he last also, season. He, so come out. Yeah, he, he did score yeah. a couple goals, but they were also ruled offside. Uh, yeah. I think it's a good result for Brescia. It starts them off on the right foot. Kennedy uh, didn't look that sharp, uh, in my opinion. I watched a little bit of the match. They didn't look that sharp. You could tell they were missing a spark. Uh, hopefully, they improve because they have a really good side. And uh, I give Brescia credit. They've played their hearts out, and they prove why that they should be in the Syria. Like it was a really good match to watch. Mm, I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed think, it. Um, I enjoyed it. it was a good match from uh, both sides, Brescia and Cagliari. Uh, very uh, two very even teams. Obviously, uh, Balotelli didn't play, so a lot of fans are waiting for him for his debut. But I wouldn't go to the fact of saying this is why uh, they're in the Syria. I think uh, one game against Cagliari doesn't. They need to prove themselves against the big dogs, against Genoa, against the Fiorentina, and and then maybe we'll talk about. Yes, they do deserve to be in Serie. Yeah, uh, it's also it's a big result for them. Like any time you can get a win against a Serie team who's been in Serie for a pretty decent amount of time, uh, is a big result. And these are the teams that Brescia need to beat if they want to stay in the Serie. So just that's the mentality right. they have: beat the smaller teams and try to get a point from the bigger teams. Um, yeah, but the mentality needs to be getting a uh, win no matter what team you face to, to, to prove that you are belonging. So, yeah, if your mentality is to face 
uh, to tie against Roma and to beat uh, Lecce, let's say. That's wrong mentality. No, the, the mentality would be the, the years are going to come. But, like, I guess, say, going to Juve, they know they're not going to win unless Juve play 11 backups. Uh, I think they would go for a tie because anytime you can get a tie against a big team, that's huge for these smaller clubs. Yeah, but at the same time, no matter what team you face, the mentality of the players and the coach is like, okay, Juve have a better team than us on paper, but uh, we're going to show them why we are who we are. We're going to show them that we, we're going to beat them. And yeah, maybe they'll get the draw, maybe they'll get, they'll get the loss. But in the locker rooms, they're like, we're going for the win. Because if, if the mentality is we're going for the draw, 99% of the time, they get the loss. Yeah, um... Yeah, I see both your sides and your point of views. Um, I just want to mention quickly that Nangalan did say after the game that this is not like the real Cali. Like, he said, give us time, basically. Yeah, they didn't and, look that um, good. Yeah, it's the first game of the season. Yeah, they didn't look too well. Uh, both teams didn't really impress me, to be honest. Uh, it was a grinded out win by Brescia, the penalty they scored. Um, important three points for them. And Cali, uh, just got to give them time, like Nangalan said. Um, now I'm going to move on to Atalanta. Spal Atalanta came away with a 3 2 comeback win after being down. Uh, yeah. Two nothing. Uh, goals from uh, Gosens and Muriel uh, scored twice, and then for Spal, uh, Petania and Di Francesco uh, both uh, scored. Um, entertaining game. Uh, I didn't get to watch. I saw the highlights. Yeah, so, safe. Well, it was at the same time as the Roma game. Uh, so. I, a lot of people were saying that Muriel looked really good that game. Yeah, Muriel looked fantastic. The game he played really well. Uh, Zapata for me was a little quiet. He wasn't the Zapata of last season, and it's going to be interesting to see if he. Uh, turns into the Zapata of last season and bangs in the goals for Atalanta because then that will be a very scary side. Good partnership of Mariel and Zapata. Yep. And now um, quickly we'll go to Bologna Verona 1-1. Uh, goals from Sansone. Well, not goals, but a goal from Sansone for Bologna and uh, Veloso from Verona. And then uh, Lazio Santoria. Lazio came away with a 3-0 win away from home. Uh, two goals from Chilo Immobile and one from uh, uh, Correa. So, uh, I guess that was a good game for Lazio. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to admit it because I, I can't stand them, but important uh, three nothing win. I actually predicted three nothing Samp, so uh, I, mean, two I got the complete Samp. opposite. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, Lazio impressed a lot of people. But obviously, I don't want to judge them off one game. Um, in the derby, I think uh, we might expose them for attack. Uh, their defense is very weak, in my opinion. Uh, Samp doesn't have the players or system of Di Francesco to really attack uh, Lazio's uh, defense. I think against Roma, they're going to get exposed and I'm expecting a goal fest. But uh, we'll talk about that in the next podcast. Yeah. Uh, we'll move on now. Uh, Torino uh, scored uh, two goals coming from Zaza and Belotti. Uh, yeah. One goal for uh, Sassuolo coming from Danny's boy, Caputo. I'm happy. Yeah, one goal, yeah, one game. Danny's one goal. a big Caputo fan. <laughs> there he is. Legends. I love the Serie <laughs> B legends. That's what I do. Yeah, and Torino did come away with the win, but uh, yeah, Caputo did score to make Danny happy. Yeah, he he said um, that he didn't score to Danny. <laughs> I think and, um, yeah. quickly uh, rushing on Torino. I think uh, what Mihajovic did was uh, phenomenal for that game, uh, showing up to the game even though he's been in the hospital for six oh, weeks. For Bologna, I think it was for Bologna. Bologna uh, for Bologna, yeah. Yeah, that was amazing. I th- yeah, no, I, I did, think it was uh, phenomenal, and. Um, I think that's a very uh, a compassionate thing to do and to show the fans, listen, I don't care how sick I am, I'm giving my all to, to this team. And that's what he did. Yeah, even Orsolini said that the players were in shock that he came. Yeah. And that they 
played the game for him. And I think it was a good result. Good game, like good result for both teams. Uh, kind of wishing Bologna would have got that win. So, like, it would have been a, it would have been a nice, would have been a nice start, touch. Yeah. But a tie on the road to begin your season is always a good way to go for Bologna. Yeah. Um, and also, like I mentioned for the Torino game, uh, Zazan Belotti, I did mention a couple of podcasts ago that even during the standings one, I said that I do think Zazan Belotti is going to be a great partnership. Yeah, it, uh, it looks like a really good entertaining partnership. Yeah. Zazan finally getting his touch back. Yeah, he played very well. Um, he had two goals, but they rolled it. They lost his goal yeah. afterwards. Um, yeah, after watching Torino in the first qualifier they played, uh, I forgot the team they played. I can't uh, pronounce Wolves, the Wolves. name, but not the before Wolves. Oh, the uh, had, uh, team, right? Yeah, some Hungarian team that Roma was supposed to play. But um, yeah, when I saw them against uh, that uh, that side, uh, they looked very good together up top, and they proved it in the last game. So I'm happy to see that from Torino. Yeah. Um, it was a good going back win for them uh, from yeah. midweek. Yeah, very important for them to win that game. They had, they had to win that yeah. one. Um, now let's move on to Inter Lecce. So I guess we can talk about that for a little bit. Um, Inter did come away with a four nothing win. Uh, very dominant uh, goals coming from Brozovic, uh, Sensi, Lukaku, and Cantreva. Um, I'm talk about it a little bit here. Um, we didn't get to watch uh, a lot of the game because we were actually on the same place. We're playing soccer outside a little bit and. We went for an espresso, but we did see a little bit of the game. Um, we saw that there's a local place nearby that sells Italian food. We watched it a bit. Uh, Inter looked dominant. Uh, we saw the goal of Brozovic, a great strike. And uh, then uh, Francesco and I watched with some, uh, some nonnos in uh, a room there in the community center. And uh, we yeah. got to see a little bit of the game. Candreva's strike was fantastic. Oh, f- that was a phenomenal strike. Yeah, what a strike. Even the, the non were jumping up and down. Uh, I, I just hope he does that in the upcoming girls for the Zuri. So you won't get called up. He'll be in a good position. <laughs> He's done. Yeah, uh, Conte, as soon as I saw that goal go in, it reminded me of Conte and what Francesco said and Joe about how he made a Giacchini, I believe he said. It looked good yeah. for Juventus. Uh, Conte is very and good no, at making uh, these. It was, was uh, it? Lorente. Lorente makes Lorente look like a god. Yeah, yeah Lorente makes the the average players look like look, look, look like Messi. Yeah, he's and very good. That's at what that. he does best. He did make Jacqueline yeah, look good in the Euros, so I'll just put that point yeah, out. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about. Yeah, he made Jacqueline look good as well at one point, and um, yeah, so he's good at that. So when I saw Kandreva's score, I was uh, impressed. Another guy I mentioned in the previous podcast for my uh, prediction was Sensi. Um, I think yeah. he will be the best midfielder in Serie A this season, like I said before. And he proved that he was absolutely world-class that game. I know it was against that chip, but uh, preseason, he was amazing. Last year, he was good. And I think Sensi is a phenomenal player. Yeah, me too. Um, played a great game. His long passing is fantastic. Um, he even bagged the goal. But even if you take away his goal, it was a fantastic game. The goal didn't really matter to me. He just orchestrated the midfield perfectly. He ran into his team. And, um, yeah, he really dominated the midfield for Inter. So, uh Danny, just what do you guys think about that game? Uh, I want to go. I want to say um, after I watched uh, a good half of the game uh, with the Nuno's at the community center with Enzo, um, and saw the four nothing. I think uh, Lukaku's goal. Yeah, it was a it was a rebound. It wasn't like a, a an open play goal or anything like that. It wasn't anything spectacular, but it was a hard fought goal that uh, Lukaku got. And uh, I think Inter fans uh, overreacted a bit. Yes, it was an important goal for him to score. Because if he couldn't score against a team like Lecce, what was he going to do against a team like Juve or Napoli or even Roma? So I think uh, just he's uh, 
saying that um, maybe he's figuring out that the City I is harder defensively to score against than the BPL was for him. Uh, Azamoa, uh, I know a lot of people aren't going to agree with me, but Azamoa had a great game. Uh, Yeah, he made a couple of mistakes. I think he tried to cross the ball too much and uh, it didn't connect to who he wanted to connect a couple of times. But he did get an assist, uh, so I think that's very good for him playing left mid. He uh, registered an assist in his first game. Uh, He played a a couple of great passes to Sensi and Brozovic in in that midfield, so I think that connection is going to be really well, especially if Conte gets uh, everything out of Kandreva. That midfield is going to be really good of Azamoa, Sensi, Brozovic, and uh, Kandreva. Uh, I think Lataro needs to wake up a bit. Missed a very uh, great chance with a header and like two yards out from the box. I think he needs to improve on that. But uh, if uh, Icardi stays and Conte plays him, we'll see because Conte is a very stubborn coach. Uh, we'll see if um, the partnership of Icardi and Lukaku link up or even Lukaku and Sanchez. Uh, I think it's going to be very interesting to see this year from Inter. Then, uh, yeah, um, Letcher did have some chance, uh, some chances in the first half, not too uh, dangerous, but they did have a couple chances. But once I saw Brozovic's uh, screamer go in, I just thought, yep, this is gonna be a long game for Letcher. Um, I don't feel like they had the quality or the players to come back and uh, win the game or even tie it. But I give Inter credit; they got a big four nothing win. Uh, good start, good start to the season, and uh, let's just see how they do uh, next week against uh, who are they playing this week? Uh, do you know something like that? Like a decent team? I'm not even sure to be honest. I haven't checked the yeah, well, yet. it'll be a discussion, but let's see how they do this week. Uh, good start, like like I said, and it's gonna be an interesting series out of the season. That's all I know. Yeah, so we went into good detail with all these games, especially the bigger games, of course. Um, we gave a shout to Caputo and players like that. I'm also happy Di Francesco scored. I think he is underrated. I think he's a good player for Spau. Great signing. Um, in the next podcast, we're going to go over the uh, Champions League draw, and we're going to go over our preview for the next match. It'll probably come out uh, some maybe Thursday afternoon, afternoon or uh, Friday, uh, sometime in between those two days, and we're going to discuss all that. Um, if you guys want to sh- uh, share your opinions on the past uh, weekend's uh, matches, uh, Go on Twitter and hashtag Six Side Calcio and then share us your opinion and we'll respond to you 100%. And um, anything else you guys want to say before we go? Yeah, I just want to bring up uh, for next week, Inter playing Cagliari. Okay. So that might be another easy win for Inter, but we'll see how it is. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, next podcast, uh, we're probably going to have Joe back and we're going to go over all that. And uh, hopefully... Uh, Napoli, Atalanta, Inter, and uh, Juve can have a uh, good, easy groups, and uh, we'll see uh, how everyone's feeling after that draw. But uh, no, me, I won't probably feel good. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully it's a good group for uh, Juventus. I don't want too easy. I want. I would like a a good uh, like a Barcelona in our group. So if uh, well, we don't face them in the round of sixteen, because I rather I rather face a. I'd rather face a Barcelona or a Man City in the groups rather than face them in the knockout tournaments. You you know you can't drop against uh, Barcelona or Man City since the league. league. Yeah, but it would have been nice. We could still face against like a Real Madrid. Yeah, and yeah, we'll get into more detail in that in the next podcast. Um, yeah, so if you guys enjoyed this podcast, uh, you can leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts wherever you're listening to it on. Um, if you want to message us, like I said, or you can message us on Twitter at Success Culture. 
on Instagram. We're also uh, being more active on there. So that's also at Six Side Couch. You can shoot us a DM, a comment, anything you'd like, we'll respond to you. And um, yeah, that's it. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you. Bye.